Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters, and I am here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro, the glue that brings us all together. Hi, Karen. How are you today? I am not feeling so sticky today, but... <laughs> That's good. That's good, though. No boost today, but um, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> hey, you know, we, we made it to another month. Yeah. Spring is around the corner. That's um, what they tell me. <laughs> yeah, so they say. So they say. I've seen some of my little daffodils popping up, and I, what does it say about me that I'm concerned for them? I'm like, ooh, maybe a little early. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they they know what they're doing more than I do, so I'll just have to trust trust it. <laughs> yeah, you know I can't complain, and you know we've we've made it to March, and uh, wow, month three of the first quarter, and segueing nicely into Women's History Month. So with that, you know we thought we'd talk a little bit about you know women in in business, women in their role in public relations. I mean, it's you know no secret that women make up the the bulk of people who practice public relations. That's always been a thing, which is is great. Um, You know, we might want to touch on a bit, I suppose, of, but are we in levels of authority as much as we should be, right? Yeah. An ongoing issue, but it's kind of going to talk about today. It's really interesting that, um, you know, first of all, I love that there is a Women's History Month. I love all of these months. So we're coming off of Black History Month and the Women's History Month. And I think, for me, what I would love to to really be normalized is that while we have these months to honor different heritages, different genders, that we would do more on a daily basis to just pay, to be respectful and to understand the contributions of everyone that, that would just be, that would be amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. You're right, though. While public relations is a female-dominated field, I mean, it is. Unfortunately, if you look at in the corporate world, if you look at the top layer, it's still very much male-dominated. And that's, you know, and, and I think for me, this Women's History Month going into it, one of the things that I considered was we still have so many firsts for women. Mm-hmm. And I guess it sort of blows me away, you know. Yeah. Um, that I've lived this many decades and we still have first for women and we still have these, it's just not, we're not there yet. And that just means that there's still work to do. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the longer I live, the more I find it just stymieing that, oh, we're, we're still having the first this and the the first that I, I, I think, I think it's, you know, we're, we're both of a similar generation where we did grow up where a lot, you know, in some segments, it was a given. And yet, not so long ago, you know, maybe our parents' generation, life was so very different. And, and the fact that it's that proximity of time that it really, it makes you think, it makes you appreciate how far we have come and get, you know, really hungry for how far we have to go. I mean, all you have to do is watch a few episodes of Mad Men. Or I was actually yeah. I was I was reading um the Vanity Fair last night. There was a little article on, oh, you know, the dark side of Jerry Lewis. 
And just the culture of Hollywood at that time, you know, this one woman was saying, yes, I was, you know, starting my acting career at the studio and they put us all on a bus and we thought it was going to be for a work event. And here we were just the candy mm. you know, favors for these men in the industry. And you, and you, you think, what? that's ridiculous. That could, oh, that wasn't that long ago. Mm. So back to PR. <laughs> That's really, you know, the Jerry Lewis thing um, brings up a really good point for us women. And Chip, thank you so much for bringing up that survey. It's interesting because I was really saddened by that. I was a Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin fan growing Mm -hmm. up, watching those old movies that predated, you know, me, but I thought they were, you know, fine. And I'm almost sometimes afraid to look back at old movies because not all of them have held up well as we have come to learn more. And as our, our culture has shifted, it's, it's incredible to me. Some of the things that we let slide, um, even as recently as Seinfeld, which isn't so recent now, but it's, it's amazing how you look at it through a different lens. But I think that in some ways, particularly for communicators, one of our challenges in in this particular uh, season of our lives is how we communicate about all of these issues and how we communicate to our audiences. Um, Perfect example, one of the headlines, you know, this is the second day of March, second day of, you know, Women's History Month, and we already have a scandal um, with a school that was promoting Women's History Month, and they spelled it W-O-M- Y-N-X. And of course, there was just backlash because W-O-M-Y-N is used by certain sectors in an attempt to be more inclusive, while some people see it as um, just being, you know, not the right move to make ever. Um, And so there, you know, as everything in the United States, it becomes, you know, polarized based upon politics Mm-hmm. Um, but the university took a lot of flack for their spelling of it. And mm-hmm. I understand that, um, or we should all understand in this time and age, we've become hypersensitive as we are trying to do better because we know better. There are some right. things that we know that were just wrong and we're trying to correct those things. And along the ways to trying to correct some of those wrongs and to do better because we know better, more mistakes are made. Right. And so it's hard to understand if we're saying things a certain way or changing things just to change them because we're trying to fit into this new paradigm or if it's something that actually makes sense and is respectful to, you know, everyone. Because I think that we can't if communications are going to be inclusive, then that doesn't mean that you promote one culture while you're isolating everyone else. And so you Mm -hmm. can't talk to women while making men feel like, you know, they're the scum of the earth. That's not right. inclusivity. It really right. isn't. Inclusivity is bringing people together and looking at people as human beings and having respect for the differences that we all have, the different backgrounds that we come from, the different perspectives, the different socioeconomics that we all um we're not we are not all at the same level. We don't all have the same kind and not making anyone feel marginalized is, you know, to me, the true definition of being inclusive. Um, And I think that we have to, as communicators, 
understand that and continue to learn in these areas and continue to advocate for changes. But we also have to be aware that there's going to be missteps. You're going to make them. I'm going to make them. I have made them. We'll make them again. We're all going to have some failings. And that's part of this new learning process. It's so, so very true. And you know, as, you know, as communicators, we are part of our job is to be storytellers. And, you know, when we do have these special months and celebrating, you know, women, Black history, it's, you know, you certainly aren't, the outlook shouldn't be that we're siloing it. We're not. It's like, no, please, men, come to the campfire. Let us talk about women's history because how can you know better so you can do better? Well, you need to learn. Yeah. And and so, you know, the arena should both be welcoming and also just even the concept of, yeah, we all need to be around this campfire for, for these topics. Yeah. And, and you know, I think it's important for, you know, those that are coming behind us, little girls and little boys, to see these people, you know, it's important to see people that look like you, that you can relate to mm-hmm. in any profession. I mean, yeah. you know, another great example is that there is a lack of male teachers these days that breaks Mm -hmm. my heart because I feel like we need, you know, we need genders in all of our professions. They can't just see one type of person because you need people that are relatable. And this is how you inspire kids. And not to say that a, you know, a little girl can't be inspired by a male role model. They can and vice versa, but it, it saddens me that all of the teachers are one gender overwhelmingly. There's just a shortage. Men are just not attracted to the profession. And, you know, I think the same in PR, I think it's really cool when you have men and women at the table, when you have a representation of, I should say of genders at the table, because Mm -hmm. it allows us all to be better at our jobs because we all have these different perspectives from our different experiences. I, I can say that as a woman in the world, I know that the way that I experience life is different than someone who is a different gender and, and their experience is different from what I experience. And so it you need that. And, and as communicators, we want to tell the right story. And to tell that right story, you have to understand the sides of it. So very true. Yeah. I mean, you you can you can only empathize and imagine and put yourself in someone's shoes to a certain extent. You need those shoes with the person in the room yeah. to really help inform it. I mean, because, you know, there are so many things that, you know, about other genders or, or other cultures and ethnicities that once you learn, oh, is that how X came to be? Now, so much more in my world makes sense. So much more of your world makes sense to me. I get it now. And I think, you know, we all need to take, you know, take the extra beat, take the time to delve into that. And even if it's not feasible, you know, like if you're a small shop or a solo to expand your table like that, seek out people. You know, if you're working yeah. on particular projects, you know, put together a little, you know, informal advisory board and just say, hey, you know, I'm trying to put this messaging together. How does it hit with you? I mean, is it, am I am I making any missteps? Are we, are we getting everything the way we should? Absolutely. And I, you know, one of the things that I'll say to women, particularly this month, because it's Women's History Month, is that 
we have so many wonderful women who have paved the way for us, who have been trailblazers. And I believe that so many in our audience are blazing a trail as well. I think it's really important to not just walk through the door, but hold it open for other people and to pass on the advice and to be open to mentoring others and sharing the depth of your experience. We still have, as as Chip pointed out, the PR Week survey showed some closing of the gender pay gap, but it's not erased. And during this pandemic, we, we have the statistics to prove that women were hardest hit by the pandemic because we are, you know, we make up the larger share of caregivers. And so right. when schools are closed and there's no daycare, those issues tend to affect women more than they do men. Right. That's not to say that men are not caregivers, please. This is not bashing men. It's just, this, I'm sharing what statistics have shown is yeah. that it did hurt women. Women left the workforce because of these issues and women leave the workforce to give birth. And it's, it's tough to re-enter the workforce. And even as a solo to put your business on pause and then to step back into it. And it does affect our pay. It should not. Let me be clear on that. And that's something that I think that we as women need to continue to advocate for. We just saw the decision for the U S women's soccer team, Uh um, where they won equal pay. Finally. I don't understand. I get it. Um, some people were like, well, well, men's soccer is more popular. Why is it more popular? Is it because it's advertised more? Is it because it's more accessible to people? Women's sports are not should not be considered secondary or less than. Do they get the endorsement deals that men, you know, we have to st- take a step and say, well, why is it more popular? How right. come we're people watch this? It's not you know, sports are sports. Can we normalize that, that it's just as fun? I mean, and and let's face it, the U.S. women's soccer team has a better record than the men. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. you know, it all comes back to value. I think we, you know, we've talked about this before. Of, yeah. You know, it's, it's not the, because, you know, the old adage, well, it's not even so old in some circles, of, well, you know, when you hire women, they're just going to get pregnant and leave the job and blah, blah, blah. But while yeah. they are in that seat, in that position, are they bringing the same value? Yes. Yeah. So end of story. Just And honestly, I love the companies that have gotten on board with maternity and paternity leave because oh, yeah. in this country, again, America specifically, that it's so unfair the way we treat parents, yeah. period. Absolutely. Men and women, you know, parents, period. If you have kids as a parent, you should have some leeway to be able to care for your children, to take off when a child is born or when a child is adopted into your family. These are important bonding times. It's important to the health of your child. And that shouldn't be gender-based. And we shouldn't penalize people for being a parent. I think that you know, there's so many things wrong with our whole work system in my viewpoint. But I think that this is one of the things that drives people out of the workforce. Mm-hmm. And as solos, we need to, you know, understand that we're, while we're in a position to design our own programs, I do wish that culturally we would be supported in being able to make these decisions a little bit easier too. We make it way too hard for people like us to access the benefits and things that we need to 
to protect ourselves and to put fences around our income. It's really kind of all up to you. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we need to do better and doing better for any class of people, in my opinion, benefits us all. If we do better by women, we do better by everyone, because I think everyone can get on board that your pay shouldn't be based on your gender, your race, where you live. Um, believe it or not, some companies still use zip codes as a basis for your salary. Should matter. All of these stupid things need to go away and we yeah. need to lift it for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so important what you said about, you know, taking care of parents who are taking care of children who are our future citizens. You know, I, I think sometimes companies get trapped in this, oh, how's this quarter doing? Instead of, hey, you know, my you know, my woman in accounting who's, you know, this the chief of accounting who's out on maternity leave, she's gonna be raising maybe our next CFO. You know, it's like I know that's a really horrible business mind way of putting it. But you know what I mean? It's like we all want good citizens and, and good people and you want everyone to be their best. So why are we so why do we make it so hard? on ourselves and on each other. It's it's this strange little I yeah. don't know. This little psychic thing we have here in this country of of you know, must make it diff do we really have to surmount these challenges all the time? Let's just <laughs> It's exhausting. Yes. Um, and I think that part of, you know, our our collective, you know, fatigue is that we've been overwhelmed psychically with the amount of change over the past two years. So all of these types of issues have really been at the forefront. And while these are all good things and that we're correcting some deficiencies and we're addressing some of the ugliness of our past actions and behaviors, it is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's tough as a communicator. And I will say this again, even as a solo, that's why it's so important to tap into other people, because there's no way that we can know all of these things on our own. You can't keep up with the changes. Um, If you're uncertain about how to communicate about a certain issue, ask other people in your profession, ask for help, you know, ask people if there are resources available, because there are, you know, there's lots of DEI resources. Um, PRSA has some great ones. If you go to Voices for Everyone, there are some guidebooks there that will help you because, we can't do this alone. And it really does take a village these days to communicate well. I loved what Chip called out because this is true. And as communicators, we need to keep this in mind is that words matter, but actions matter more. So yes, you need to be sensitive in the way that you communicate and respectful, but this is where, and I personally had to do this and I'm comfortable with uncomfortable conversations but you do have to get comfortable with that. So if you have your organizations wanting to jump in to like Black History Month and, you know, share Martin Luther King quotes, but their entire organization is all white, you you really want to stop and think about that. You know, are you just jumping into something because it's of the moment, because it's a trend, or do you have something meaningful to add to the conversation? What are you doing? What are you doing to make sure that women have equal access to pay, promotions, and opportunities within your organization? If you're celebrating Women's History Month and your entire C-suite is just a bunch of men, that's a problem. And I I see this all the time. If you, you know, there are companies that they do webinars and it's always a bunch of men 
uh, <laughs> side note, I once had, um, there was an all women webinar panel. No one blinks if it's all men. There was an all women webinar panel and it wasn't yeah. it's a women's history month, but a journalist said something really nasty to my oh. client about it being all women. Like he likened it to the Hallmark channel. The Stop it. Fit this, and I promise you, this was not five years ago. Oh my goodness. This was oh. not. And it was so offensive, but some people still chat. <laughs> and and so I think that we have to normalize these things. Like, yes, we strive for diversity, but diversity doesn't mean that every single panel, because please don't do that. Please don't just go checking boxes. You want to have the right group of experts when you're doing right, events. Right. You do want to go beyond your status quo, and that takes work from an organization. As a communicator, you have to encourage your clients to do that work. Don't just rely on that tight circle that they've always been in because that's how you get locked into sameness. That's how you become Silicon Valley. (laughs) And, you know, and if you start doing the work now, then when the opportunity comes or you have the need, you will be ready. And and, you know, and and look at this time, you know, this time of great change, these past two years of like, ah, what's happening? Take a minute and, and look at this as an opportunity, right? Yeah. It's like, ah, well, let's do things differently because what better time than now? You know, yeah. see how you can strike out and make the changes because people will be less apt to notice or or get as, you know, disoriented or whatever the negative thing might, might occur if, if they sense a change. During this time of great change, it, it, yeah. it can become more, uh, oh, okay. Oh, that's really smart. All right, great. So, you know, use use this time wisely to bring these things up with your clients and, and see if you can make steps in these directions. I, I think Chip makes a great point. And by the way, we are going to ask Chip to be our guest this month, particular since we're talking about these uncertain times we're in. And I know that yeah. he's going to have some great insight as we move forward, because that's kind of the theme that we're going to be addressing this month. So Chip, uh, We're going to email you today and set up some time. So I love that he's saying, you know, because realistically, as solos and as small business people, and oftentimes as women, particularly if you are the the primary breadwinner or the only, you have to weigh things and there can be a financial risk to you in taking a stand on things or calling things out. But I think that we have to be bold enough to do the right thing always. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm always going to default to ethics, which is a tenet of our profession. And I certainly stand up and call out things that are not right. You can be tactful, even at the risk of losing business. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. You know, I'm single. My household runs because I work, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, just bottom line, if it's all on me, which is is a lot sometimes, but if I'm not willing to be true to who I am and true to this profession that I signed up with, and if I can't exercise ethical behavior in every single circumstance, whether or not anyone's seen, whether or not anyone knows, and whether or not it benefits me or not, then that says a lot to me about my character. And so yeah. I think that, you know, as communicators, the one thing I do know about all of us is I believe that we're strong people. And I believe that we 
ultimately want to do the right thing. There are certainly some bad actors, you know, they, they're in every profession. Let's weed those people out though. But I particularly feel that in this audience, you want to do the right thing. And so we want to encourage you always, you know, err on the side of rightness. <laughs> yeah. And because you know what, there are, there are many more of us that will have your back. I, I, I concur with everything you, you said there, Karen, because yes, as a, as a solo, solo, <laughs> you know, sometimes you do have to make the hard decisions, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, you do always want to err on the side of just doing what's right, because in the end, it's never going to let you down in the long run. It Absolutely. really isn't. It truly is not. And, you know, I've, I say this to myself, I've had said this out loud, you know, as, as someone who has their own shop, your credibility is everything. And once you lose that or, or it starts to get a little tainted, you're creating far more problems than any big fat check could sustain. I mean, you know, unless it's so big that you can retire and buy your own Island, but, and if that's happened with anyone, please let us know, but, yeah. but no, always do the right thing. But well, we thank you for doing the right yeah. thing. And we spending time with all us. of you, you know, let the women in your life know how meaningful they are to you today. Support women. If you're a man in the audience, it doesn't matter what gender you are. Take a moment this month to not only offer some encouragement, but to lift up a woman that you know, or, you know, choose to mentor someone, help women to continue to make strides because, Again, it really does benefit us all. And sometimes, you know, being the unsung hero can get a little exhausting. So let's, okay. you know, reach out this month, make Women's History Month an excuse to make some forward moves, to advocate for women around you and to be part of the solution. And you know what? The beautiful thing about all of this is that it doesn't have to be this big public thing. You don't have to live your whole life on social media. It can be a private gesture, but we just encourage you to think about women this month and honor the people that are in your life and, you know, maybe reach out to somebody that you don't know and make a connection. Agree. Agree. And as always, we thank you so much for spending your time with us until next time. Thanks for listening to that solo life. <laughs>